Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm Libby Rothschild, creator of Dietitian Boss. After almost four years of sitting in my dimly lit windowless clinical office, I had enough. I wanted to feel like my work mattered, so I did something about it. I created a program that empowers dietitians and nutritionists to create their own private practice from scratch following my proprietary system. Before I did this, I had a private practice of my own while working a full-time job, and I learned a lot about building relationships, marketing, and sales, and I'm so excited to be able to share my proprietary framework with you. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited to be here today with Kristen Cardillo. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist and certified diabetes care and education specialist, currently working as a diabetes program coordinator and manager in New York City. She serves active and busy New York City employees who have diabetes, and she's also certified as an insulin pump trainer. She has a strong passion for translating the science of diabetes and nutrition into practical solutions for healthy living. She uses simple descriptive explanations to educate her patients in understanding their disease, as well as the options available to help themselves. By serving as an educator for patients, as well as other healthcare professionals, she acts as a constant active advocate for better care in a clinical setting. She takes pride in providing the information everyone needs to not be overcome by not just their disease, but the American healthcare system as well. Welcome to today's episode. Is there anything that I left out with that bio, Kristen? Not at all. Thank you, Libby. That was great. <laughs> and if you could just share your Instagram handle so everyone listening can connect with you online. Yes. So it's my name, Kristen Cardillo underscore. Currently it's weight loss. So on Instagram only nowhere else at this moment. (laughs) Awesome. Fantastic. Well, really happy to have you here today. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit, I know diabetes is, is definitely a specialty and you mentioned weight loss a moment ago. Can you share a little bit about how you got to where you are now being a CDE, right? Which is a, a definitely a fantastic opportunity for all dietitians, right? You have to be, get pass a test after a thousand hours. So can you just talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been now a dietitian. This is my fifth year and just renewed, right? And over the last couple of years, I made sure that I went down the path of getting officially certified to become, they changed the credentials. It was CDE and now it's CDCES. It's such a mouthful. So it's the same thing, certified diabetes educator, but the ADCES expanded it. So it's certified diabetes educator and care specialist. Anyways, so to become one, you have to have a thousand hours of patient interaction where it's direct counseling on diabetes. I did that through working in an outpatient setting. So I was always, you know, delivering diabetes education. Most of it, 90% of it was diabetes. So over, it took me at least a year to do so. And then you have to be a dietitian for at least a year as well. And part that's mostly because you have to accumulate the hours. Um, Once you accumulate it, I did take a course through, you know, ADCS and stuff. And I I could talk more about that if you like, but I took a course that really gave me the rundown of everything we need to know, like up to date on diabetes care that's outside the scope of even, or what feels like outside the scope of, you know, dietitians. We look at everything. And then after that, I sat down for the exam. So you sat down for the exam, then what happened? No, I was just saying once passing that, I was already acting as a CDCS at this job. That's what I was hired under originally, my previous Uh job. And then it was just official at that point. 
And uh, after you got this credential, and thanks for for sharing about the the new acronym, which I was not aware of. So this is great education. <laughs> You're right; it is a mouthful. Uh, but okay, after that accomplishment, how were you able to manage less less so about the specifics of the course, but more so about how did you manage studying for that and your full time job with all your other life stuff? Because I think that's what's helpful for the listeners is like juggling multiple tasks, improving your career, business growth, all of that. So how did you swing it? So I ended up, you know, and I'm for promotion, but Diabetes University, it's a, a well known online course with Beverly Tomasian. And I say that because not many courses are out there like that. And it does matter on where you're studying. For me, sitting down, it felt like a master's degree. (laughs) It was 50. Actually, it was by the time I was said and done, I had completed 75 CEs. So continuing education on it, right, which is a lot that much to the exam by any means. But just to feel for me to feel really confident and prepared for the exam, I ended up really taking the whole course. And it took me at least personally, because of working full time, it took me at least a year to do so. Yeah. And so yeah, it was a matter of I was I've always been right. Well, lately, I've been in outpatient counseling. And so it was a matter of if a patient didn't show up, or there was some room during the day, I would try to complete some courses. But then when I when I I had it put in my head the day in the month or at least the month that I wanted to take the exam and once I did that I was able to kind of crunch down <laughs> a few months before that and make sure that everything was very fresh in my head for the exam and take practice exams and things like that. But yeah, it, it feels like you're going to school at night. That's the best way to explain it. Or you give up a weekend day kind of to do it. To, to prepare for it. And that's not to discourage anyone. Everyone learns at different paces. Sure, I've seen do it within. They're like, I just started like three or four months before, but I would say it takes at least three or four months to to gather every, everything you can, especially if you weren't maybe working in the field prior to and everything's new to you. It definitely, you know, can take a little bit of time. And I hear that it's one so, of the tests because nurses and other practitioners can can become certified. So I've heard that it's one of the harder ones, and it's also very well respected to become a say the acronym again. It's not CD anymore. It's CDS. What is it? CDCES. CDCES. Yes. Don't even worry. So we'll just say just I know, and I only say that because when people this just changed, I think was like within two years, and so if. People are hearing it and I don't, you know, there's that common question. Is it a CDE now? Like, I want to make sure I'm taking the right test. So because it's such a new change. So, you know, whoever's listening is interested in that. Yeah, that's why we'll we'll be specific with CDCES. But yeah, it it is a really, I would say it's a hard exam. It's at least 200 questions. Yep. Uh, the civil, it was similar to the RD exam yep. in ways, but it is take it. Yeah. So pharmacists can take it. Doctors can take it. Nurses, dietitians, and I may be blanking on the other specialty that can do it, but it's, it's not for everyone. And then when you are that you get to, you know, educate doctors who may not have that, you know, on what's up to keeping them up to date with diabetes education and technology. And you, you know, can really take it and do so many things with it, but it is a pretty difficult exam worth having though. I feel if well, you're into the for, like this for, kind of- 
first of all, congratulations, because it's an accomplishment that you were able to pass it. And I'm also really interested in how you were able to juggle studying for it, knowing your personality. Like you said, everyone takes tests differently. So it's not fair to say it'll take three months or six months or 12 months. It's kind of like, how long does it take you to study for the RD exam? You know, there's a spectrum. Some people aren't as natural test takers and it might take them a little longer. They might need to take more practice exams. And that really parallels like as a dietitian, building your skills and as a business owner, you have to learn more about yourself. So what would you say helped motivate you to stick with it. Like, I love that you said, if a patient didn't show up, you use that pocket of time to study, or maybe you dedicated maybe weekend, a half day or an evening. What kept you going on that schedule, knowing that it was rigorous? Yeah. So I, the motivation, I knew when I became a dietitian that I wanted to get this credential. Okay. Um, yeah, it was so a few things, there's a money value to it as well. Okay. Okay. Let's be real. Absolutely. Let's be real. It was a way to step up in that world. So there's, there, there is um, a financial incentive, but I did ever since I, I knew I wanted to become a dietitian. I was about like 16, 17 years old. And I always, it was because of diabetes. So I, I always wanted to get this. I was a little delayed. I didn't get it the first two years of being a dietitian. To me, I was delayed on my personal like, all right, you're gonna you're gonna hit that year mark and you're gonna sit down and you're gonna go take sure. the exam. And that did not happen for me. <laughs> so I was just really motivated to learn more. It was primarily the population I work with. And well, you know, with diabetes, they, they it's so there's so many other comorbidities that people have. So this is just one, you know, it's almost 50% of Americans are dealing with prediabetes and diabetes. Now it's like the new statistics when you when you calculate it all together. And so I was really motivated by actually my patients too. It was just what I was seeing every day. And I wanted to know and I wanted to advise their doctors and help them be better advocates for themselves. So it was a lot of work. Um, but the financial incentive and then just being way more confident and well-rounded is what made me feel like more incentivized too. Yeah. So uh, I, I love that. So as, yeah. a, as a recap, you see there's a need in the market, right? With so many people who are diabetic yeah. and you know that there's a financial incentive and as dietitians, our base pay isn't so hot. So to do anything right. to that, as well as one thing you didn't mention that you alluded to was like the yeah. respect, right? Because if you're teaching oh. PCPs or, or, you know, other folks outside of the patients, you're seen as more of an asset to the team, I'm assuming. Um, did you, did That's you exactly that? perfectly worded? Yes, <laughs> you worded that perfectly. So there's a, a much higher level of respect um, and confidence that comes with that as well. Sure. And I liked being a part of those higher level decisions. Right. So the same reason why someone may go on and become I like blanking out on the acronym right now for a two feet specialist. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's CNS. And yes, so, yeah, you're on you're on the floor and you want to be that point person because now you you are an invaluable asset. You you were always an invaluable asset, but there's a, like a different level of respect that came with it. And so with this, I was confident and able to not only train other people who are more advanced than me, like doctors, NPs and PAs, right? Technically like in their fields, but I was able to educate them on this and play a big role in really helping patients get the need. They get the help that they need by recommending and teaching them, don't be afraid of using this medication or let's do this. And, and really just open so many doors, you know, so helping people make it do better. 
Well, that's, that's nice to hear. Probably know there are a lot of dietitians that feel disgruntled and I don't have all of the stats, but I would say entry-level dietitians and dietitians that are newer in the field, they might see that the pay rate is low. They might not yet have the thousand hours or have an opportunity to take the test. Um, yeah. and it. So it's nice to know that dietetics as a, as a career, as an industry, being a dietitian, and then adding on certifications that are in high demand that will help you with more pay, that give you more respect, can help boost your credibility in the field is what I'm hearing. It is. And that's exactly what it is. Because I don't have my master's degree right now. I came right out of school with my bachelor's and got matched to a dietetic internship immediately. And you would never know that <laughs> right now with not having that, not that, you know, we're discouraging it, but those extra specialties, those extra certifications that are offered in the field of dietetics can help you advance your career. You're feeling, you know, getting respect from other providers, being an asset on the team and financially speaking, growing. Well, I, I have the opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we know that there's a master's mandate now. So if you're listening and you're yeah. new field, I think it's 2024 that the master's mandate went into effect. I believe so. I might have to fix that. Yeah. yeah. I it's 2024. So if you're listening and you were grandfathered in, meaning you didn't have a master's before 2024, yeah, I but I think that's really smart of you, Kristen. I went and got my master's and I do, I was on track to, to become a certified diabetes educator or, or the CD yeah. 12 other initials <laughs> that you are now the specialist in diabetes. Yeah. I didn't finish. I had the hours. I didn't finish the test because I ended up pursuing dietitian boss. But yeah. I, it, when I look yeah. in retrospect, I think it would have made more sense for me to do that than my master's. But now you don't have a choice because you have to do your master's. Right. Um, and, and who would know that? I felt like one master's yeah. degree. Well, I'm impressed. I want to go back to, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. And I think it's motivating for practitioners listening. And it's good because we're sharing, you know, you don't have to, if you focus on the certifications and opportunities, it can help solve a lot of the main issues that dietitians have, which is lower pay and also lack of respect. So if you find a way to be an asset in your facility, that can really help go a long way with like, as you mentioned, your confidence and your paycheck, let's be honest, you know, we got to make a living and be able to pay off debt and whatever other um, things that we need, whether it's financial freedom or paying for other things. So what I want to talk about next, because you, I get a sense that you're an overachiever. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but being that, I know that you have other revenue streams. Can you share a little bit about why that's important to you and what that looks like, given that as a diabetes educator, you know, making more money than you would be if you weren't. So, you know, why is it important to have multiple revenue streams? I you know, for obvious reasons, it's something I've always wanted to do. I want to hit the, hit the triple figure mark and will continue to, right? So multiple revenue streams help me do that. And it gives me flexibility. So bringing, instead of just working a nine to five constantly, right? Having multiple revenue streams, being able to bring in more flexibility was extremely important to me. And with the multiple revenue streams, I am able to be more in charge of my life a little bit, not just, you know, slaving away to another company. And I I really like, I really felt like I needed that and appreciated that. So that's why I would say multiple revenue streams has been probably so important for me. Wait, what was, now I'm blanking on your follow-up question. I got sidetracked. Yeah. So, so you, you, shared, you shared why, and it's because you right. want to And what now? Yeah. And so can you share, and thank you for sharing that. And that, that that's great. People do have different answers, believe it or not, but that is usually a primary one. And yeah. the next question off of that would be, what does that look like for you? Cause I know you have a couple things in, in the queue. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, sorry. I was like, wait, there's another part to this question that I'm like, I just went sidetracked. Yeah, so I am an insulin um, pump trainer now. So with the CDC, yes, that does open up some doors to you. That's outside of the world of nutrition for once. I'm not just, I'm actually just jumping on these virtual visits with them, which is great. I'm not even in person with most of them. So there's a lot of flexibility and I'm able to jump on these virtual visits with them really be um, flexible even for the patient, right? And not actually talk about MNT, which I do love to talk about. Do not get me wrong, but it's kind of cool. You know, you get to do something else. And so I'll do that in the evening hours or on the weekends. It's truly as needed at my own pace and my own schedule. So that's been, that's been great. And if anyone, you know, if you do go for that CDCS and you're into diabetes technology, you know, not only is it honestly is a tremendous field financially speaking, okay, there is a lot of growth and I'm not even not starting out um, insulin pump trainings. Most of them, they'll, they're like 500 for like most companies seem to be around that. I do not have stats for you right now, but I will say like 500 per training and the trainings are one to two hours at most, depending on that patient and how receptive they are and where they're at in their diabetes journey. Um, so there's, um, there's growth there financially. Um, and I, I personally wanted to, to pursue that on top of some other things, which I'll get to with the other passive income not just because it could be financially rewarding, but also that was like a challenge for me to master something with diabetes technology, right? And again, be able to be a really strong asset in that like patient care, because each company, each system is just different. So it's super important. And then the other ones I have been selling for like the last few years, different handouts. Since I've been in outpatient counseling, pretty much since the day I started, on my own, I've developed so many different teaching styles that other dietitians have used. And so I began selling them for the most part, a handful of them over the last few years. I was doing it through RD to RD.com. And that was always great. It was just, you know, there's something beautiful about having passive stream from something you did once or twice, maybe, and is, is out there, you know, with your name on it. So a lot of congratulations and a lot of dietitians have this dream that they'll do, they'll take their, their work, their body of work and monetize it, but fewer of them that have that dream execute on that dream. So can you talk us through how you saw the need? You mentioned dietitians use your teaching trainings. What did you actually do or what, what did it look like to get from the point of, okay, I've got these handouts to then actually getting it on the platform, which is called RD to RD. And I've had the owner of RD to RD on this podcast before, Megan, it's a great platform where you can sell stuff and and make some extra money. I I just want to know like what got you from point point B. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny. I did, I, that was like one of the first, I would say after like a year or two doing it and I, and to be, so we know, I'm like, I know more things now in different platforms than I did when I had started this too. And it still is a great platform and I will still continue to use it. But now I do know, you know, there's other ways and stuff. So as a super beginner who has no experience, right, with online marketing, (laughs) or let me tell you, really building a a social media platform, because that was me. And I say that because if anyone's listening, like you can do this still. (laughs) If you don't have those things, you want those things, because it will make your, you know, your, your, what you're selling so much better, (laughs) right? But you, it doesn't have to be perfect. And as always, I know like the biggest hump. So what got me from point A to point B with it? 
I remember being on her newsletter chain again, was using, I found while teaching, right? Like very similar stuff that would apply to majority of patients. And I, I just started putting them together in hand, like the handouts I was using that I, I felt like was better for my experience from working hands-on with patients, right? I just started kind of piling them together and then made an account with her and literally post it. Like it, it is such a, it was a very simple platform. <laughs> and in terms of selling, I wish I had a fancy answer to say, because it has been on my to-do list this year <laughs> to use social media platforms or my own website even sooner than later to yeah. really promote it or advertise it and make different ones for, I don't want to say different niches, but maybe different, you know, uh, kind of like different niches. Like it could be weight loss and, and for like, you know, a specific medical disease or something. Mm-hmm. So like more specific handouts and then use social media platform to then become build your rapport with your people and then sell it eventually but but without even doing that I will say that so not a lot not huge traction but but interesting that almost like I would forget it's there it's a start yeah so again the exact dollar amount doesn't matter what matters is that you took your what you already do your practice and you helped you found a way to make money from it and to find a and you found a way that worked for you with where you're at right now so you used a platform that's purpose is to help you cut out all the tech so that you can just right. have it available and yes you can take it up a notch and do more promoting and i know that's in, in the future but you got it going and done is better yeah. than and you did that while studying for your exam, yeah. while working full time. I know you're planning a wedding. So, and that's yeah. relatable to a lot of the listeners, right? A lot of the listeners have lives. They might be caring for family, or they might be caring for children or the family members. And they have, they might still be in school at, or they might be juggling multiple jobs. Like when I was in mm-hmm. clinical and uh, they, they just want a small win until they're able to grow that in, into something bigger. So I want to give you a lot of credit because not only were you able to build your skill set as a dietitian through becoming a diabetes educator, but you're also able to come up with finding ways to make money from the skills that you've built and helping your peers, which I think is really incredible. Thank you. Yeah, that then that was perfectly said in the sense of it was a small win. And that's what I was looking for at the time yeah. without at the like I said, at the time when I started it, I and my my understanding of tech at the time was the biggest barrier. Right. <laughs> and then it come along your courses, which helped dramatically. But it really was a great, great starting point. Yeah, I appreciate you, you sharing that because about your fears, because you're not alone. And fearing technology as uh, clinicians, we, you know, we, we can't do it all right. We, no. Bit by bit. Yeah. And so giving yourself the grace to say, Hey, I really know this, let's say style of maybe motivational interviewing, or I really can understand the logic of this list for this disease state, but then the, the tactical step of getting it onto the internet might be something that you need more handholding until you get exactly. that small win. And so I, that's what I really want to showcase is that yeah. the baby steps can help get you to the, to the next phase. So that's a good segue into your next venture, which is using the platform called Teachable. Can you share a little bit about what you have in store? And we can put some links in the in the show notes so that the listeners can check out both your handouts on RD2RD and they can also check out your, your Teachable work. Yeah. Okay. So with Teachable, and I have, they're not 
fully published yet. So I will, I, I'll share links, but I, I know like they, they weren't fully prepared. They weren't fully finished yet. They're almost about to be published. But one of them is actually, this is for other healthcare practitioners, right? So actually dietitians as well. It wasn't even towards patients yet. I have visions for that too in the future, but this was to help other healthcare practitioners master their level of like their knowledge level of continuous glucose monitors and diabetes technology. So I was working with a coworker on, we were trying to split it because we both have at least, you know, a few different jobs going on at once. Sure. <laughs> so this is the goal for the both of us, right? To create even more, you know, ways of passive income while still making a difference and actually helping, you know, on top of income and stuff. For, for me, like while I was writing this continuous glucose, like monitoring course, I was writing it from my experience. You know, and I knew like this was stuff I've trained other RGs on before, just in by working and stuff and other nurses on. And I wanted to really provide like a segue for them to understand and, you know, trust us. So like, here's how you can use this in practice and here how it here is how it's not scary and can make a huge difference. Right. So this this was a teachable using your course. I started putting this together this year within like the last six months, learning more about it and mastering and it's it was specific towards healthcare uh, practitioners and advancing their skills in diabetes technology and that, like monitoring. I, I love the work that you're doing and I love that you're using your skills and practice and then translating to help your peers and also meaning the objective of giving yourself an opportunity to earn extra income while being a thought leader in your space. Would you mind sharing the work that you're doing with Teachable and creating this continuous glucose monitoring course? What has been the hardest part of that process and what's come the most natural? Yeah. So the hardest part, as everyone will always say, was time. And that is not because Teachable requires that much. Personally speaking, within the last six months, there's been a lot of change in my life, including a, a, a change in jobs <laughs> and actually becoming the pump tra trainer certified and stuff. So it was a lot exams were happening. <laughs> life was happening. And so for me, that was the barrier was just time. But I know that if we were to just take an hour and commit, right, that we and that's actually what was happening. So I'm going to backtrack on it. I've been on pause for about six weeks with it right now. But prior to this, with a little bit of organization, right, I was able to dedicate time each week. And because I was doing this with somebody else, we were dedicate, we were setting up bi-weekly meetings and to focus <laughs> on this. So it was, and then because it was diabetes technology and things, you know, I wanted to make sure everything was fact-checked, of course. And so there's like another level of just adding in really, really validated resources because this isn't just for patients, it's for healthcare professionals. So it was like the level of what we were doing was also just super time consuming. So I would say just just time in that sense was the the barrier. And prior to this taking your courses, learning, just giving us some time to to learn everything was also, you know, making sure I'm doing this right. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean like the tech setup piece? Because now I'm like using RD to RD, there's a few more steps. Yeah. No, so totally. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is the marketing bit, plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the marketing plan, right? The allotment of tech back end. 
And then also just the time to make sure that your information in working with your peer, your friend is fact-checked to support, you know, your professionalism to make sure that you feel good about it. And what came natural? So you shared the the parts that, that were a little bit of friction. What, what was like, oh, wow, I didn't know this would be as easy. I guess writing for majority, even though we had a fact check, everything, writing it and recording it is the easy part, right? Easier part was putting that together and then just staying organized with it. Like we were honoring meeting and we were, you know, really routine for a bit. But the the easy part was recording our webinar, essentially, our course, I should say, And writing it. I love that because as, as dietitians, we tend to not give ourselves enough credit. Like we know this information. And so for you I, to say the easiest part was just taking all the pump knowledge I have and translating it onto some tech platform. You're basically speaking it, but you're pressing record to share that with the listeners is really powerful because yes, we have yeah. to learn a few gaps that include marketing and tech, but we're already sharing stuff we know. Like this is whether diabetes related or for some of you listening, it might be sports related or whatever it might be like, this is what we know. So I went to school for, so I think that's really inspiring to share. Do what you know, not to ever like, yeah, do what you know, it's going, you, you can, and wherever, cause we all have certain niches within wherever your specialty is, even if it's, it's super, even smaller, like, like vegan and mothers, right. Or something like very super tiny like that just you know it write the handout <laughs> write the hand write the write the presentation that you might record one day That's great. Um, don't hold back on that yeah you're a good role model because you did that you walked the walk right after yeah. you took the talk and you got it out there on our D to RD. And that was the start of it, right? That gate, you yeah. know, helped you get it out there. And then as you grew and, and did certifications and, and courses and whatnot, you were able to build more on top of that. So Awesome yeah. storytelling about your journey. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners that um, there were so many takeaways here, Kristen, I really enjoyed talking to you, but if there's anything else you think the listeners should, should hear about as they're trying to develop their career, stay motivated and think about business in a less scary way. Yeah, that's a really good question. I never thought about it. Like, I don't think I really did. Like, how do I stay motivated <laughs> when, when all these things are so subconscious, right? But follow your passion with it, wherever it is. You know, when I got into this field, I will never forget. I went with my mother to an open house at my college and was, it was, you know, you're a senior and it was a dietetics accredited program, right? You go in, you come out, you know, ready to go sit, go to the internship, the whole thing. And they, they discouraged it so bad. They, they, this was, yeah. And that story always stuck out. And I graduated college, it was like 2012. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was, it was funny. I picked this, I wanted to do it. And I was like, all right, let's, let's give this a try. And I'll never, like I said, at that open house, they were like, there's no money in this field. Why don't you try doing? And these were coming from dietitians themselves at the time who were running, running with this program or other professors in it. And, you know, it was, it was interesting. So from there, I just remember my mom and I looked at each other. We're like, nah, we'll see what happens. You know, the takeaway is I knew I was going to love it. I gave myself the option that if I didn't, we could walk away. Right. I wasn't going to just stay in it, but I fell in love with the courses even more. Right. And so this whole time staying motivated has been, and I think that's why I've also stayed in outpatient and education. That's just my happy place. That's where I feel the most passionate. I love, love, love working with people and helping them learn something that really does change their life, especially now honing in on this disease that I'm working with. 
it's a whole other level. And so stay motivated by just following your passion. Don't, you know, if you think that there's no money in that area, don't do not let that discourage you. You don't know what it will be like in a few years. And there's wherever you niche down, right? Like you always like find your, you know, what you love, what you know, and just run with it. (laughs) And things will work out. So follow what makes you happy and what you're passionate about over time and the rest will fall together. And it does. There's so many ways for it to fall together in this field. Thank thank you for sharing that. for the story about the open house. I would say. I think that that's very real that situations happen. So I really appreciate you giving a little bit of background into your life and your experiences. I also hear in addition to passion is your skill. So you have the skill to educate. You have the skill to be able to manage multiple tasks, right? Even again, no judgment if one takes one person two years to study for an RD exam or six months, like we're not all the same in terms of uh, how we take a test. But what I'm hearing from you is that your skill lies in assessment and uh, counseling and working with interdisciplinary team. You mentioned client care earlier. And so you gravitated towards positions that focus on that. And that's really helped you, right? Maybe it it has been, you hadn't thought about it exactly, but I'm seeing that you're able to do really use your skills to your advantage. And I think the listeners can benefit from that because if you are good at something, then you want to try to put more energy into that thing you're good at. And you want to spend time thinking about what you're good at because we all have different skills. Some of us are great with 2P calculations and we don't want to see patients. And some of us only want to educate. So like learning that can help us stay on track on the field, in the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. But try to become, it's going to come out the right way, but like the best of the best in your, in your area for you, as long as you feel confident to me, I guess like in indirect measures, it was okay. If I know pump therapy, like I felt like I got it, like I got diabetes down in a way. That's just like one example of different internal ways of kind of assessing myself over time to be like, okay, you know this, like you're good. Like you're the expert. Now I'll go teach it and preach it or hide behind the scenes and do it, which is not even, I shouldn't say hide behind the scenes. You're always a vital aspect, but if it's two feet, which is also another place I always loved, but I ended up going with this route. If it's that become, become the expert, make sure that people know that, you know, you know, you spend all this time educating yourself and learning. (laughs) You do know it. Just tell everyone what you know. That's, I find that's the biggest battle with this field. I mean, they're just like, what are you doing? What is that? What does that even mean? And it's like a mouthful when you try to explain it. So just have the confidence to believe in it. This was such a fun episode, Kristen. I'm so glad we got to talk and thank you for sharing all of your tips and tricks and hanging out with me and Hamilton. So we're going to wrap up. And if if you could just remind everybody where to find you on social, it will be in the show notes. We'll have all your information here just one last time. So folks can connect with you and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. So my Instagram handle, which is Kristen Cardello underscore weight loss. And I will send that as well. And then actually even by email. So if it's for networking purposes or just communicating, email is always the best way to get me. So my email is kristencardillord at gmail.com. And we'll put it, I'll send it to you so people know how to spell it properly. Yep. We'll have that in the show notes so folks can reach out to Kristen and and make friends and learn more about how great she is. And it was so much fun. So thanks again. If you're looking for support to start, grow, and scale your dietitian private practice, I want to invite you to work with me and my team. We have a few different options. Head over to dietitianboss.com and apply to have a conversation with somebody from our sales team to discuss your options for your budget and stage of business. Head over to dietitianboss.com and we look forward to connecting.